Hey guys, welcome back to the Lights On Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Winokur. And I'm Matthew Wright. Throughout episode three, we will discuss the conference championship games, our Super Bowl predictions, and narratives from around the league. And then we'll talk about Kyrie a little later, but, you know, we'll get to that. Championship weekend, it finally has arrived. It They were good games. What was your favorite game? Uh, I mean, the Eagles-Niners was probably better. Actually, no, it wasn't. No, <laughs> what am I saying? What am I saying right now? No, Chiefs-Bengals was 100% better. Niners-Eagles uh, was probably better defense, obviously, better off-the-line play. But Chiefs-Bengals was a game to literally the end of the game. So that was definitely a better game. But Eagles and Niners are still fun, so... All right, so we'll talk about the the Eagles Niners game first. Obviously, the Eagles just killed the Niners. I think the end score was thirty three seven. Am I right? I think thirty one seven. I didn't even look that bad though. I mean, if you look at the stats of the box score, the Eagles only had two hundred seventy yards. The I mean, the total yards is not contributed down to points, but turnovers kind of cost the Niners at the end. Like Brock Purdy's wrist or elbow—it's elbow now. He's gonna have Tommy John, so he's out for a year. That's huge. I mean, you got to feel for Kyle Shanahan to four quarterbacks to get to the NFC Championship. They all go out. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do. They had, they try to have CMC throw the ball. So I don't know what the situation was like there. But, I mean, you feel bad for him, but also at the end of the day, you he had tight ends blocking Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick had a game of games. So there was a lot of coaching issues, but, I mean, still took him to the NFC Championship. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about that. So you talk about the, the Eagles kind of having a low production, I guess you would say, but the Niners actually had one of the best defenses in football, and I don't think it's like that. It's not that bad looking for the Eagles to have a, not the best offensive game because the two defenses they're going to go against or possibly had the chance of going up against in the Super Bowl are not going to be anywhere close to the defense of the Eagles or the Niners. So the Eagles' slow offensive production, I guess you would say, is fine. Obviously, Hassan Reddick last year, he kind of he looked good, but I think... He's looked really, really good on this Eagles team, especially for those who watched the conference championship game. He, I mean, he was just killing the uh, the offensive line, and he was playing against some good offensive line guys. So, yeah, Howie Roseman went to work this offseason and in the middle of the season too. I mean, he brought in C.J. Garner Johnson. They drafted Jordan Davis. They draft. They traded for A.J. Brown. They they put this team together this year, and that's why they're the best team in the league right now. I mean. That roster is completely loaded. This kind of reminds me of the Eagles that beat the Patriots. Was it twenty? It was twenty seventeen. Probably, I think it's the twenty sixteen season. I guess you would say that team was kind of constructed for a very short term success, but it was free agents, all this, everything was put together at the right time to succeed, and that's kind of what this seems like for the Eagles. It seems like it's their time right now. They have a chance to go win the Super Bowl now. Yeah, Sirianna's the coach for them. It looks like. I mean, Doug Peterson was a really good coach, but Sirianni fits this culture. I think right now. The early aggressiveness, you know, fourth down conversions, opening drive, challenging fumble calls. He seems like he's the guy. He seems like he's a locker room guy, but also has control over the team. So I think he's a really good coach for them. Did you see that? Uh, I don't. I forgot which player it was, but somebody commented on him and he said, "Any head coach in football could coach this team to the Super Bowl." Oh, it was, it was um Jordan Love. Not Jordan Love. Uh, some I there was the running back. Yeah, the Giants running back. Was it Saquon? No, it was their backup. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I th- I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's coaching. Obviously, the Eagles didn't have any injuries throughout the year, and that helps you get to where you are. But you got to be a good coach to get to the the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. You know, there's a lot of teams like your Chargers, for example, who have a lot of talent, but don't they don't get the success that they want. Obviously, they had some injuries, but you know. no, yeah, coaching is 100 percent one of the most underrated things in sports. I mean, you can't get anywhere without a good coach. 
especially in the NFL. NFL head coaching is really important. Yeah, I mean, basketball is a little bit less important because it's just five people. Talent wins over. But in the NFL, 100% you need a coach. Like the Chargers, we're talking, I, the um, Chargers had four turnovers, five turnovers in the first half. Didn't really capitalize on any of them. The Eagles forced their turnovers and they capitalized on them, which is why they won this game so big. So coaching is a huge thing. Two really good coaches in this game, but Sirianna, Sirianni won the coaching battle here. For the Niners, obviously, Brock Purdy, he tore his UCL, which is, I believe, a wrist leak. Somewhere. 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 somewhere something, you know? But he'll be out for the entire season. At the beginning, the report was that he would be out till training camp, and now it has gone to a full-year injury, which is really bad in the NFL. This changes how uh, John Lynch goes about the offseason because now they have to focus on keeping... I mean, at the end of the season, it kind of looked like, hey, Brock Purdy's the future. We don't really need to... We want to get Trey Lance out of here as quickly as possible, get as much value in a trade for him. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably gone. And, you know, you maybe had the chance for Tom Brady, but now that's obviously not happening either because Tom Brady has retired. So now it looks like, you know, you're going to have to start Trey Lance again next year. And what are you going to do with Brock Purdy in the future? What are you, What's your take? Yeah, I guess they got to just keep Brock on the bench this year. IR slot, so it doesn't really count as roster slot, but... Uh, what's his name? Shetty said, he's, quote, no, I don't see any scenario when Jimmy comes back next year. So they're going to have to find a backup. I don't know if they're going to roll with Josh Johnson. 13 teams, I would roll with Josh Johnson. You know what I'm saying? But um, I guess they got to see how healthy Trey is and then go from there. He's, I'm assuming he's going to be the starter coming up, but it's definitely a really tricky situation. I feel, I don't know. It's just, it's just a whole weird situation. It kind of makes me laugh about Trey Lance because I think the Niners traded, was it three first-round draft picks to the Dolphins from which they got Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, and Jalen Waddle with. And the Niners got Trey Lance, who is not really had any production. Obviously, there's injuries, but still, it's kind of, <laughs> it's a bust of a trade. Yeah, I it's, yeah, you like you were saying, it seemed like Brock was the future and Trey Lance was out. The Trey area, as we like to call it, was over, but... Really, no one knows what's going to happen. I don't even think Shanahan knows what's going to happen right now. So, Yeah, very interesting situation for Niners fans. Obviously, it's, it feels like the Niners have just injuries every year. They're plagued by them. I don't know why. Franchise is cursed. All right, so let's move over to the AFC side. Chiefs Bengals came down to the wire with a kick to win it. What's your thoughts on that game? Mahomes completely solidified himself as number one quarterback in the league. We knew he was already. But some people, for whatever reason, wanted to say Burrow was even close to him. He's not. Mahomes is taking a massive leap in front of every single quarterback that I've seen play this year. Um, so there's that. He's the MVP. But I mean, also, but I don't know if you guys flash back to last week. You know, check it out. Episode two of the Lights On podcast. Your host, Alex Winnaker and Matthew Wright. But I said Spagnola every year. We talk about how the Chiefs have no defense. In the, in the playoffs, they turn up. And once again, that exact same thing happened. I mean, they had rookies everywhere. They had four, two on offense, four on defense. They're all starting. Their rookies had two picks. And then, and you know what I mean? Like, they have young guys balling everywhere. Chris Jones had his first sack ever in the playoffs, which that does not seem right at all. He seems like he goes off every year. And he had two sacks in the game, one with 40 seconds left to basically ice it. But every single year we say they have no defense, but their defense proves to be one of the best in the playoffs. So I don't like your, your, your thing about Joe Burrow not being close to Patrick Mahomes. I feel like it's it's bad to analyze him in this situation because of his O-line. He had three starting offensive line out. I don't think he's the number one quarterback in the league, but I don't think you can analyze a quarterback's performance when he has three starting offensive line out, and he's going into a game against one of those dominant, probably the most dominant defensive tackle in football. I feel like that's a little bit 
uh, tough to to analyze. I'm not really analyzing Joe Burrow's play necessarily. Like, he played fine. I didn't really expect him to complete ball out. But I'm still I'm singularly analyzing Mahomes. Like he just played so well, especially on a hurt ankle. That performance itself just solidified himself for me. I'm not really dogging on Joe Burrow here. It's just more praising Mahomes. Yeah, I think I think that's how it should go. I think look, if Joe Burrow had a full healthy offensive line and he was getting sacked and he was, you know, not throwing it that well, then you could say, Hey, this guy maybe doesn't doesn't deserve all the praise he gets. And Mahomes obviously played really well. He had to play a different game than he's used to with his ankle. He had to play more of a pocket passer, which he kind of is. He's more of like he scrambles a little bit, makes some some really great throws on the uh, the outside, but um, just a phenomenal game for a guy with that type of an injury. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he stayed in the pocket most of the time. I don't. I hate watching him. You you get him collapsed in the pocket. And he just runs around for ten seconds, throws it all the way down the field. I I can't stand watching that. But I mean, yeah, he stayed in the pocket most of the game. But when it counted, he had a twenty yard scramble to ice it. So Joseph Osai. Bad penalty, but he was one of the reasons they were in that game. He played really, really well if you actually turn on the film. So I don't really want to hear anyone dogging on that, man. But costly penalty, so you can say what you want. But the Chiefs, like I said, again, last week, if you go back to episode two of Lights on Podcast, you know, I said that the Chiefs were going to have to play basically perfect to win this game. And look what happened. They had one turnover, but they played a perfect, perfect football game. Yeah, and you were you were talking about Chris Jones. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to remember the statistics here. Chris Jones played on 37 defensive snaps, if I'm correct. He got double teamed on 31 of them. He had 10 pressures, which is a lot in a one game. That's a ton. Two sacks, obviously. I mean, just, I think he solidified himself as the best defensive tackle in football in that game because he makes the Chiefs' defensive line look really, really, really good, rushing only four guys most of that game. They were able to double the two Bengals receivers, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, obviously. Tyler Boyd got hurt kind of mid-game, I think. And that kind of hurt the Bengals a lot because now you got your two best receivers getting doubled and then Tyler Boyd's out. So you don't, who, I don't know who their third option is or your fourth option after that, but that was kind of one of the reasons the, the Bengals slowed down at the end of the game. Yeah, I think the Bengals' window, we want it to be open. We want Joe Burrow to make it again, but their window is slowly, slowly closing. Uh, Joe Mixon's a free agent this year. Joe Burrow's contract is coming up. Jamar Chase's contract is coming up. T. Higgins' contract is coming up. They got some old guys on defense. Jesse Bates, Trey Henderson, he's old. Their window is really closing here. So, wait, I don't know. Just have to make it soon. Jesse Bates is probably going to leave in the offseason. Yeah, their corners are old. They're not really amazing. So, I don't really know. We might not see the Bengals back. Eli Apple, Cancun on three. (laughs) Two or three, Cancun. I hate that guy. So, going into the Super Bowl, you have two teams, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Eagles look like the far superior team in my mind. They're just, they're really complete. They're healthy. They have a way better offensive line than the, <laughs> than the Bengals had. They have a better defensive line by far than the Bengals had. I wouldn't, I mean, they have a really good receiving core, good running backs, the best offensive line in football, good coverage linebackers, Kaiser White. Ugh, I miss him. And the Chiefs are banged up. You know, they're like the Bengals. The Chiefs, you know, had a lot of injuries coming to that game. They're banged up. Yeah, Juju and me, Cole Hardman both got hurt, so Chiefs only had three healthy receivers for half that game. But the Eagles are just too, they're really just too complete to lose this game, I'm going to be honest. The Chiefs' offense is obviously better, but their defense, I mean, we talked, yes, I said they play well in the playoffs, but their defense is nowhere near the Eagles. I think this would be a really good game. I'm really excited, but I really just don't, even if the Chiefs play perfect, like I said, I still don't think they can win, so this would be a really good game. 
We talked about the Eagles O line. I just want to touch on this really quickly. Everyone says Lane Johnson is so very good at football. That boy false starts every single play. I don't know if he's perfectly timing the count, but he look it looks like a false start. And I thought the refs missed a lot of those. Oh yeah, my dad, my dad was complaining about that a lot. Um, Lane Johnson, I don't believe has allowed a sack in the regular season for the past two years, though. If that's I'm, that might not be correct, but I'm pretty sure I read that today. You know, he's still balling, even if he does false start a little bit. But um, what do you think about this game, Super Bowl? I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But like I said, I think the Eagles are going to be able to control this game. It's going to be run-oriented for the the Eagles. Obviously, the Chiefs, I feel like, are going to have to throw it a lot to keep up with this run-oriented uh, you know, offense that I think the Eagles will take in this game. But uh, I don't think Chris Jones is going to dominate this game the way he did in the Bengals game. You're going against an all-pro center. You're going against Lane Johnson, Jordan Mulata, the best offensive line in football. You are not going to be able to dominate it the way you dominated a Bengals O-line that decided to have one guy, uh, you know, get single-teamed against you. Like a rookie, like on the last play of the the Bengals game, I think their rookie left tackle who got put in after Leo Collins got injured. They had him on Chris Jones alone, and it led up, ended in a sack. I mean, it's just not, it was kind of bad scheming by their OC and the, and the O-line coach. I don't think the Eagles are going to be underprepared for Chris Jones. That was a heck of a move by Spagnuolo, though, to put Chris Jones out wide. He waited to the last drive. I thought that was a heck of a move. But here's the question, though. Do you think that offense matters more than defense in the playoffs now? Because every year we're looking at the last last couple of years, we looked at the top defenses. The Bills have had one of the best defenses. They've The last two years, they've had 30 points put up on them in the playoffs. The 49ers are the number one defense in the league this year, and they had 31 points put up on them. Do you think that offense finally has surpassed defense? Because there's the old mantra, defense wins championships, which that's been true for a really long time. But especially looking at the Chiefs and other league, and other teams in their league right now, do you think offense really does matter more? Well, I'm going to remind you back to a team in 2018, the New England Patriots. They went up against the number one offense in football that year, the Rams. The Rams had not scored less than 30 points in a game that season. Are you serious? I'm, they didn't score less than 30 one time? There's no, oh my God. And and the Patriots kind of had like a, uh, it was it was a weird defense. I mean, it was like Ben, don't break kind of, I, if I remember. It wasn't a perfect Pats defense, but, it, you know, we always have a good defense. Bill totally out-schemed them with defensive play, not offensive play in that Super Bowl. And I think great head coaches can do that. And we held literally the best team in football offensively to three points, and nobody could hold them to less than 30. So I think scheming defense wise can really it can still win you championships i think a lot of these great defenses just miss they don't scheme correctly for some of these teams recently i mean the niners you can't really win a game on your third string quarterback no matter how well your defense plays and they did play well because they kept the eagles offense to a low production for the eagles offense i still think a great defensively schemed team can beat a great offense it's the old mantra, but I think a great defense and a great quarterback can win you any game in football. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I, obviously I still do agree. I've always been a fan of defensive-minded head coaches, but I think offense, the balance is definitely shifting. I think right now it's more important to have a good offense than a good defense. I think a good defense wins you the championships, championship still, but I would rather have the number one offense in the league than number one defense right now. Interesting. Well, I'm also going to refer to the Patriots one more time. Just this season, Patriots. Just one more. We had by far the worst offensive coordinator I have ever witnessed in my days of watching NFL football. I've never seen anything worse. And yet our defense kept us in, basically scored and kept us in games 
our defense made it possible, almost possible, for us to go to the playoffs if it wasn't for a few missed calls, I would say. And uh, a bunch of laterals. And a bunch Las of laterals Vegas. in Las Vegas. Um, I, I still think a great defense can do a lot more for you than a terrible, de- or like, than a great offense and no defense. So I think the, I, I think you can make it farther with a great defense than you can just with a great offense. That's fair, yeah. I mean, it goes back to scheme, like we talked about earlier with Sirianni and Shanahan. Scheme and coaching is the most important thing in football still, so. But it's cool, so we'll see. Another thing, Travis and Jason, the first brothers to play. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how that's never happened before. I feel like it should have, but first brothers to play against each other. Obviously, you had the Harbaugh Bowl, where it was Jim Harbaugh versus John Harbaugh. The Patriots in 2018 had Jason and Devin McWarty, but they were on the same team. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I love listening to their podcast, New Heights. It's really, it's fun to listen to, especially after the first episode I watched was Gronk. Yeah, after this episode, after you listen to the entirety of this episode, you can go check out theirs. You know, I'm sure they'll give us a shout out too. I'm sure. But so that's, I mean, I think we talked about the Super Bowl enough. That's a big game. I'm excited. We'll tune in, you know. Who are you rooting for? I'm going to root for the Eagles because I'm predicting them. You know, I want to I want to keep my all-time on this podcast, on the Lights On podcast. We're going to keep track of our all-time predictions. Right now, Alex is 2-0. I'm 1-1. You know, my Bengals did not come out and win that game. But I believe my Eagles are going all the way. I think I'm going to go two and one at the end of this uh, season. In a- yeah, I, I got to take the Eagles too. Like we said, they're too complete. But I think I'm actually going to root for the Chiefs. So they're more entertaining football for me. I really don't. I don't see the need for Jalen Hurts to get his ring. So I'm I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs kingdom today for this week. So I think we can move on a little bit. We've talked about a lot of news. There's been some new hirings this week. Demarco went back to the Texans after he sued them as a player. And for me, as a Chargers fan, the biggest signing of this week, Kellen Moore. I really don't know why the Cowboys let him go. I really don't because he was amazing. When three years as the OC there, they were second in total offense, second in yards per game, third in points per game, and fourth in third down percentage. That's elite offense right there. So, I mean, I don't care that they let him go because I'm really excited, but I really don't know why. He got, we, we, we hired him almost 24 afters. 24 hours after the Cowboys and him mutually agreed to part ways. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. So it's an odd, I mean, it's, I, I would be excited, but I'd also be like, I don't know how I would feel if I was a Chargers fan, just because he hasn't had postseason success and he's had really good defenses to support him. Like this year, they had a really, really good defense to support him and not really, I, what did they put up in the, um, was it the divisional round? You put up 10 against the Niners. Yeah, so that's that's where I kind of go uh, you know, sideways with Kellen Moore. I feel like you know, the regular season is great, but you want to be peaking at the end of the year. He hasn't shown that. I'm sure he can. I'm not sure if it's just he's played against regular season defenses and you know, maybe they were easier because obviously you're going to play better defenses when you get into the playoffs. But uh, it's an interesting signing. I think he'll do great. You know, he's the best. I think he was. They, I think the Cowboys had the best offense in football. So odd that he got fired, but you know it's Jerry Jones. If you don't win, <laughs> you're out the door. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't think I'm as excited as a lot of people are. I feel like there's still some questions in the air, but I I'm really intrigued for sure because Herbert is obviously miles better than Dak Prescott. Everybody knows that. Keenan and Mike is a better tandem than Michael Gallup and CD. Eckler is better than Tony Pollard and Zeke. Back to back years of 20 touchdowns. The Chargers O-line is not what the Cowboys is, but it's still really good. I mean, Slater's an all-pro. Jamari Saylor moved down to left guard. Corey Lindsley 
has been one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league for the past five years. So we'll see. I think he could do really well, but... Jason Kelsey is the best center this year. Currently, yes. But last two years, it's been Corey Lindsley. You could say Creed Humphreys, but stop it. <laughs> so I don't know. This is definitely a really intriguing hire. I'm glad we got him, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. I'm going to talk about another offensive coordinator hiring. He was the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots during a season when they had the two tight ends put up over, I think, 1,500. No, no, 2,000. I think it was 2,000 yards. They put up over 2,000 yards. Uh, both tight ends had 10 touchdowns, I believe. Obviously, we don't really talk about one of those tight ends because he murdered people. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was the best usage of of tight ends ever in football. I'm talking about Bill O'Brien. Izzo seeing for the for the New England Patriots was really great. Is he was a great as much as people like don't like his tenure at Houston. He brought them to the playoffs almost every year, um, and he and it was kind of scary to play against them. I really like the hire as a Pats fan. I think he's going to do a lot better with using the tight ends. We had two solid ta- talents at tight ends: Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Both are terribly used by Matt Patricia. You're paying $30 million a year for these two tight ends, and combined, they don't they don't get more than 1,000 yards receiving or 10 touchdowns. It's kind of embarrassing, in my opinion. Hunter Henry, when used right, is a top-10 tight end. We don't know what Johnny Smith is yet, but he, I think, had the second-most yards after catch in the NFL on average. So you could the Pats offense could get a lot, a lot better with just a coordinator who knew how to use his talent the way it should be used, and I think Bill O'Brien will do that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Bill O'Brien did really well at Alabama. I thought it was really the only pick. I didn't think they were going to interview even anyone else. I mean, they have to because of the Rooney rule. But we knew. I thought I knew Bill O'Brien was going to go there. It only makes sense. So that's a good hiring. I hope Mac does better this year. But two new head coaching slots filled. D'Amico Ryan of the Texans and Frank Reich with the Panthers. Who do you think is going to have a better year this year? Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich just has a better team. I was going to say that. The, the Texans really have nobody. I mean, it's not like the Panthers have much. But they have a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. I can, yeah, I can name some stars on the Panthers. I really, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch Texans games. I can't really name that many players, aside from like Laramie Tunsil. But Brian Burns is a really, really good young superstar. I would love if the Patriots traded for him, but uh, that'd be a big asking price. And you have more DJ Moore. He's really good. Their defense is solid, too. JC, JC Horn, he's healthy. He had a really, really good year. Jeremy Chin, he's a forwarder. Yeah, great safety. I mean, they have a solid defense. And then running backs, they got Deontay Foreman, they got Chuba. Their offense isn't bad. They got to figure out the quarterback situation with, I guess, if they're going to roll with Sam Darnold or not. Which, uh. But, I mean, their they're, offense is solid. Their defense is pretty good. The Texans, yeah. I mean, they have Derek Stingley had a good year. Larry Tuttle's good. Davis Mills. I mean, who, I, I mean, we can talk about that, too. I mean, who do you think they're going to take with a first-round pick? But, uh, I mean, there's, it looks a little bleak down there. Yeah, Frank Reich's going to have the better year. I, yeah, That's I, I mean, he's been there, too, at least. You know, he's been a solid head coach for a long time. Yeah. There's just nothing really to do with the Colts. Okay, so there's been, you know, this talk that some people think Mahomes is the heir to the GOAT throne, if you will. And I, I for one, think that's just hilarious i think there's a chance there's the chance of it happening is very low and i think you can't really talk about that for like another 10 years 10 years you say i say if he wins this year with a significantly worse roster and probably still a little bit injured 
I mean, he could be top. He probably is top ten if they win already. He is probably top ten quarterback of all time already if they win. Talent wise, no, I'm serious. Like, oh no, yeah. no straight up accolades. Yeah, yeah, no. He like, two Super Bowls. He's gonna he's gonna get the MVP that, this year, so he's gonna have two MVPs. He'd have two first team All Pros, probably like five Pro Bowls, something like that. I mean, he's better than Phil Rivers. He's better than Big Ben. He's better than Eli Manning. He's better than Dan Marino. He's better than John Elway already. He's better than Brett Favre. You can't say that accolades. You can't say that. But if you want, yeah. But I mean, assuming if they win, that's already two Super Bowls and two MVP, likely two MVPs. Yeah, those are those are really good accolades. The problem with me is to dethrone Tom Brady. You have to. I think of quarterbacking as four things, or for at least for the goat status. You know, you have to you have to be a winner. And that means postseason success and regular season success. You have to have the accolades at the top tier. You have to have the statistics, and the the fourth one is longevity. Brady dominated all four aspects of those at the quarterback position uh, by the end of his career. No quarterback has really been able to be at the top of all four of those levels at quarterback success in their career. You know, you you have guys like, uh, you know, Dan Marino, who was really great statistically, but then didn't necessarily have that playoff success. And then you have guys like Drew Brees, statistics, longevity. You know, I mean, he did have a Super Bowl, but no MVPs. You, you have a lot of these guys who have one or two of these categories, and they're close to the top of it. But then you have Brady, who's at the top of all four of those categories, and nobody really has all four of those. Yeah, I mean, obviously Brady's the GOAT. Duh, he's Bruce Ballot Hall of Famer. But I mean, Mahomes legitimately probably is the best of all time already, just pure talent-wise. And what he's already done in his short career, he's been in league for five years, made four AFC champ- five AFC championships, we said, two Super Bowls. I mean, he's ridiculous. The one thing I'll say, it, it's tough, like he... There's a threshold, obviously, to becoming the GOAT. I don't know what that is yet. But one of the things, he never beat Brady in the playoffs. Like, if Michael Jordan and LeBron play at the same time, and Michael won, beat LeBron in the playoffs every single year, you it's really hard to say LeBron's the GOAT. Obviously, they didn't play at the same time. But Mahomes and Brady did play at the same time. So that's a big knock in my opinion. I mean, Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they don't play against each other. It was The Buccaneers defense was ridiculous in that game. Brady still took a Super Bowl ring away from Mahomes' hands, so that's a huge knock in my opinion. And the other thing I would say is, so the, I, I consider the Patriots dynasties two parts, and most people do. The part two dynasty, the Pats went to eight consecutive AFC Conference championships. Chiefs are right now at five. So to beat Brady's best dynasty, you'd have to get eight or more. Yeah, like I think we got to pump the brakes a little bit on this Mahomes. We're crying Mahomes to go already. In the, in the media, you know, we love our uh, recency bias, but... Brady's the GOAT. I'm sad he retired. I, I'm doesn't feel right without him, but we'll have to move on. He's been in the league longer than I've literally been alive, so... 23 seasons. Uh, it hurts me a little bit. I I mean, I'm glad he's gone that we freaking beat us in the playoffs, but yeah, I'm, it's still sad. Mahomes has got a lot to do if he wants to take that. He'd have to get six more Super Bowl wins to at least tie him. He could do it this year. I don't think it's possible. I don't think he's going to do it. Um... Brady went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he won it almost a third of the years he played, and he went to it like half the years he played. That's just really hard to do, like have that sustained odds of winning in the NFL, and he did that. I don't know if Mahomes can do that for decades on. Travis Kelsey's getting old. He's, what, 34, 35, maybe 33? I don't know. Uh, 30s, yeah. He's getting old. Their head coach is getting pretty old. 
I don't know. You're not going to, you know, salary cap era. It's really, really, really hard to do what, what Tom Brady did. This new era is crazy, though. I mean, especially in the AFC, you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, you have Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, if he ever comes back. Trevor Lawrence is on the come up right now. Josh Allen. I mean, that's that's your playoff teams right there. And the AFC West is not trying to, you know, they're not like, hey, the Chiefs are going to win this year. We're not going to build a team. They All three of the other teams in the AFC West are trying as hard as possible to dethrone Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers have one of the most loaded rosters in football. They they play the Chiefs really, really tightly every year. It's almost always OT or by a field goal. The, um, the Broncos, I mean, Sean Payton, that's an aggressive move right there. Russell Wilson, the Bengals or the Broncos are playing good at the end of the year, by the way. I don't know if you guys tuned into that, but their offense was clicking a little bit. They were humming. Their defense is really good, one of the better defenses in football. And the Raiders, you know, they're trying. Let's, I don't know, I can't compliment them. I'm not allowed. Josh but, Daniels, you know, coach effect. They're, they're trying their best, let's say. They, they got Devontae Adams. They're trying. I don't know what they're doing with the quarterback this year, by the way, either. I mean, they're going to roll with Jared Stidham or what? Oh, yeah, that was interesting because Derek Carr's... He's out. He's out. They, did they try to trade up with the Bears? Ooh, calling it right now. Raiders trade up with the Bears for the... Keeps the Rodgers. I don't know. He said he's not coming to San Francisco, so... We're talking about... Jets. He's going to the Jets. He's going to the Raiders. Or he's going to Jeopardy. So, see. <laughs> Jeopardy. We'll see. Yeah. And yeah. with that, I think we can move on to, you know, our first little NBA talk here. We're going to have to move into it much more in a couple of weeks, which is upsetting. You know, football's almost done. But Kyrie, officially today, he requested a trade. Uh, it can, um, extension talks fell through. So, he has officially requested a trade. He could go back to the Lakers, I guess. That'd be kind of cool if they he reunited with LeBron. And the Lakers have been shopping West, Westbrook with the Pacers especially. But, I mean... I don't, I don't see that happening. There's no way KD would ever consent to playing with Russell again. So, I don't know. But there could be a three-team trade that puts puts Russ at one team. Uh, the Nets get something from that, whoever the other team is, in return. And then the Nets send um, Kyrie to the Lakers. That's been talked about. It's interesting because Kyrie actually, I think a lot of people disliked him for the last few years because he didn't really show up to work. There was always an excuse. You know, he didn't. Uh, he just wasn't really, you have to show up for work. And that's what the Nets kind of complain about. But this year, Kyrie showed up to work and he's bald. Without KD, I think he's averaged like 31 points per game, maybe like six or seven assists or something like that. You know, he's he's been playing really well. He's been he's been showing up to work. I'm not sure if that's just because it's a contract year, which probably it is. But, um, you know, Kyrie's played really well. I think it's kind of odd that, the, that he, I think the Nets are going to try to keep him just because he's played really well and he showed up to work. But you know, who knows? The Nets have, Nets have had a good year, actually, too. Like, Kyrie's been sneakily playing really well. So, I guess we'll see where he goes there. How about against my Celtics a few days ago? No. They, you go on the Celtics. Or you on the Nets, so that's impossible. That game, within the first quarter, the Celtics got up to a 30-point lead very fast. Uh, the Nets had no shot at winning that game. <laughs> it was kind of funny as a Celtics fan to watch. Yeah, the Celtics... Sorry. No, continue. The Celtics kind of just... I feel like the Nets are just like our, you know, our little... Our little kid, you know, they're just, they're there. They gave us probably the best trade package ever in NBA history. Uh, we traded Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and got a few first-round draft picks, first-rounders, I guess, back to get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, obviously refueling the Celtics' uh, talent quite quickly, diminishing the Nets until very recently when they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And they have still yet to have success with those two guys. 
I mean, I think the NBA, there's a lot of parody in the NBA right now. I mean, the Kings are somehow finally good. The uh, the Grizzlies are number two. The Nets, or not the Nets, the Nuggets are one. The Bucks are still out there. The Celtics are still out there. The 76ers finally look like they're putting it together. I think there's like a lot of parody right now in both NFL too, but I don't know. The West Conference is is a lot. I would say it's it's weaker than the than the Eastern Conference. Um, there's not you don't really know what's going to happen in the Western Conference. The Lakers look like right now that they're even though I think they're like barely above 500. I think they look like they could be possibly the second best team in the West if Anthony Davis stays healthy. But the Eastern Conference it's very tough. It's very competitive right now. You got teams like the Celtics who are number one. You got teams like the Bucks, the Nets. Need to play better against the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see. Uh, the Warriors are lacking a little bit right now, but if they somehow sneak into the playoffs again, it could be dangerous. It could be very, very dangerous. Like I said, the West is weak. Any team that just starts to get a run here at the end could really, after the All-Star break, could start to very, very easily make a run for the championship. We'll see what happens there. But, I mean, the NBA, it's looking fun right now. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a Warriors fan for the rest of the year. I'm a Kings fan. By the way, everyone, just I want the Kings to win, but I think the Warriors, if they sneak in playoffs, it might be over with. So, thank you for listening to Lights on Podcast. Subscribe to us, add our episodes. I'm Matthew Wright. And I'm Alex Winnicker. We'll see you next week.